The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined this fine Tuesday by Mr. Denny Carter. It is now week two of the NFL season. Denny, we finally have data points, data points. Yes. Uh, we have statistics. We have more things to talk about besides, oh, I don't know, Brees Hall from the summer, which we talked about endlessly, except for we have to talk about Brees Hall. Again, That's right. Because there are big developments of Brees Hall. Big developments of the New York Jets, which is just where we'll start the show I mean, I, so I was at a neighborhood night out last night. Okay. And I, you know, I was like, oh man, I hate to miss the beginning of the game, but whatever. Like, uh, sure, surely I won't miss that much. <laughs> and then, not even like, I looked down at my phone. I, you know, I had like seriously like thirty new texts. Yeah. And, like multiple things in like all caps, like lots of texts with like six question marks. Um, like the phrase like "old man," I saw several times. <laughs> I, my initial impression. I was like, oh man, I think Aaron Rodgers has thrown like two or three picks on the first uh, positions. Yeah. No, it was much, much worse. Uh, horrible, horrible development for the Jets. Horrible development for fantasy. Horrible development for anyone who loves NFL football. Aaron Rodgers, one pass attempt into his Jets career, has a ruptured Achilles tendon. He's done for the season. He might not ever play NFL football again. We know the fallout is bad. We saw it with our own eyes last night. Zach Wilson is still Zach Wilson. Um, Almost no tangible progress that I could spot. Yeah, uh, just writ large. Starting the show, how how bad is this for the Jets? How bad is this for Garrett Wilson, the most affected party? Someone we wanted to be a wide receiver one, who someone who did score a touchdown, but had you make one of the greatest catches like the past five to ten years to do <laughs> yeah, it? Um, what is the fallout for this Jets offense going from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson? Yeah, I, I mean, there's no two ways about it. Like, you can dream of, like, hyper-efficiency. You can dream of more amazing catches by Garrett Wilson, and that was just a almost, like, miraculous catch in the end zone. I mean, like, like pure dog. Like that, pure, pure dog. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> like, Garrett Wilson was not going to be denied. You could see that. Um, and it's not going to happen. You know, for him, like like that yeah. that wide receiver, it's that Jeffrey. top twelve, top twelve or top fifteen season, it, it's just it's simply not happening based on numbers, okay? Based on like pass volume, okay? Based on the fact that Zach Wilson is among the least accurate uh, and honestly least confident quarterbacks in the NFL. This team is going to shift hard, hard to the run, which honestly might not be a bad plan with how their running backs looked. Uh, against the Bills, the fact that they have a really solid defense, maybe the best defense in the whole league. So the, I think it can work from a real football standpoint, but if you have Garrett Wilson 
I really think that you should, and, I, and I'm doing this in one league. Don't tell anyone, please. Just this is just between <laughs> you and me, Pat. Uh, is uh, you're trying to take that miraculous catch from Monday night, and you're trying to get something for it, and, and uh, you know, sell sell for I don't know, like Mike Evans or something, like in that in in that area. And I know that's bleak. I know that's bleak, but it is time because it's not going to happen with Zach Wilson. It might be overly bleak, I feel like, on Garrett Wilson. For the sole reason, I I don't think Zach Wilson is starting more than two or three games. Oh, okay, just, okay. Like at max. I know they put on the brave face last night and said, we're rolling with Zach Wilson. But, yeah. I mean, not even not trying to say this is a bit. Like, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to sign Joe Flacco. Um, yeah. They might sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. He might probably maybe making too wow. much money. Probably making too much money from Amazon oh, at this point. Man. I mean, they might sign Carson Wentz. The, we were kind of waiting for like where, what kind of situation would make a team desperate enough to take another chance on Carson Wentz? You would definitely think this would qualify. Uh, Except for the problem is the Jets, obviously, no matter who the quarterback is, are going to be playing very conservative ball control offense with just wanting the quarterback to execute like one or two throws a drive. And you could see a coaching staff not having faith that Carson Wentz can do that anymore, how erratic, how inaccurate he has become. But I don't think Zach Wilson – I just don't think he's making more than two or three starts. I really it it is not. actually hard. It's hard to imagine because nothing has changed with Zach Wilson. No, like, no, no. It's still it's, – he's still the same guy. I, I actually don't think that he is capable of operating a pro-style offense. Um, and, and I think the Jets know that. The way, the way that they handled themselves late in the game last night, actually, it was perfect. It was perfect, honestly – because it was super conservative, because they knew what they were dealing with. Um, and they were dealing with a quarterback who cannot make plays. He just, he simply can't. And he's shown that over and over and over. I, I am with you. They have to find an alternative and they can still make the playoffs. I really believe this team is good enough to make the postseason without Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's not even just that he can't make plays. It's that when he truly desperately actually has to make a play, it's just going to be like a turnover. Right. We saw that last, he did the thing. He was, going out of bounds to avoid a hit and at the last second committed the cardinal sin of throwing the ball Ugh, back to the middle of the field. Like the literal number one thing you're not supposed to do in the NFL. And yeah. Like, All right, I, this I guy mean, hasn't learned a thing. Everyone who's watched football once knows you don't do that. No. And <laughs> this guy's been playing his whole life and he no. still does that stuff. This isn't like a Trey Lance situation. Zach Wilson has actually played the game. Right. He's, he's actually played football. He's actually played football. He's just not very good at it. And I, I, I hate, yeah, talking like so negatively about the young man, Zach Wilson, but I just, they got, they got, they saw all they were ever going to need to see of Zach Wilson. The stuff they saw that we saw last year, I think they know that you're not going to mold that. You're not going to fix it. Cause like a lot of it, like you said, appears to be confidence issues. Easy for us to say from home, like to project that, but it seems to be confidence as much. And he's got physical issues, but it seems to be confidence almost as much as physical issues. Yeah, so for sure. The options people are saying like, oh, you know, they got trade for Gardner Minshew, or they got trade for Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. They even they got trade for Drew Lock. Uh, fact check, true, but that just that also just won't happen. They would have to give up probably honestly a second or maybe even a first round pick to get some because teams will just. It's too much of a luxury. Well, it's too much of a luxury for those teams. Yeah, no one's going to yeah. trade you their backup quarterback for peanuts right, in right, September. Right. Like it had to be a, a first round pick. Obviously, would never happen. So <laughs> that's what I mean by like it's not happening. Right, right. A second or third round pick, if they were like truly desperate, they could maybe do that. But it, it would take like a premium 
this early in the season, I think especially yeah. to get like a contending team's number. I mean, maybe they offer the Panthers a third round pick for Andy Dalton. Oh. That would be enough, but they'll probably just they would just gamble on a free agent at that point. Yeah, uh, I, I do. Just real quick on Brees Hall and Dallas. Well, we're going to talk about Brees Hall. I'm going to make yeah. one more final point about two. Sure. Clearly, they're going to lean on the run game. Like, clearly. I just don't know with Zach Wilson presenting so little threat in the passing game. The Jets were not like a good run blocking team last year. They actually are in uh, Pro Football Focus' highest run blocking grade of week one, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um, weren't a good run blocking team last year. The defenses know they don't have to respect the past right now. I just wonder if the run game, which looked great last night, obviously, could possibly look like that again. And by looked great, I mean, it was mostly like two big plays, two big Brees Hall runs. So, yeah, take us into your Brees Hall thoughts because certainly appears I lost the Brees Hall argument, at least for one week. I mean, he looked tremendous. Uh, the fact that he got taken down in the open field because Garrett Wilson decided to celebrate instead of block. Um, and, and by the way, I, that I'm not knocking Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson was actually devastated. He was like very disappointed in himself that he had done that. I don't think that the jets are used to Brees hall, not being a hundred percent. And because, you know, at a hundred percent, he's, he's breaking that. He's taking that. Dude, dude was gassed. Dude he was gassed. Gas, gas. He, he was gassed. I, I mean, I, and we've heard of running backs who, who are coming back from major injuries say, like, oh, I have not done that since last year. Like, that is not – running 80 yards as fast as I can, not something I've done. So hard um, than it looks. You know, he uh, – you know, Brees Hall, j- just to run down the uh, splits here, uh, 13 snaps for Dalvin Cook, 12 for Brees Hall, uh, 13 carries for Dalvin Cook. He did basically nothing with him, 33 yards. Brees Hall had 10 carries for 127 yards, including that 83-yarder we talked about. He also had a 50-plus yarder, so lots of – yards after contact um you, you would you would think that eventually Brees hall would it will be the bell cow here now the issue bell is cow's probably strong you think but you go for it i'll weigh in then yeah uh so so you know basically uh with rogers under center they would have kept defenses honest and kept people out of the box that's not going to happen with zach wilson that might might happen so to an extent with another, with a, with a more viable starting quarterback, if they, if they go that direction, but uh, the, the environment for those in amazing rushing stats is going to be way, way tougher for Brees Hall. Now that Rogers is down. I know you already knew that. I'm just, I'm stating, yeah, yeah, stating yeah. the obvious here, but he did look, he did look all the way back last night. So I do think maybe the dynamic has instantly flipped. Maybe it was never flipped to begin with where, Brees Hall is at least the 1A. I kind of gambled that Dalvin Cook was the 1A, but I ranked both outside the top 24 for week one. I think I ranked both outside the top 28. It's kind of like a a cowardly hedge, basically. I do think it's probably safe to say Brees Hall is the 1A, Um, but I don't think it'll be enough to be a bell cow because we know now it's now a run-based offense. I mean, it was going to be a run-based offense before, but we now know it's like fully a run-based offense and that to keep each other – to keep the old man and Dalvin Cook fresh – to keep the young guy coming off major injury fresh, there's it's going to be like a full-blown rotation. And maybe not even like a role-based backfield where it's like so-and-so handles the early down, so-and-so handles the third down. It's probably going to be like a drive-based offense. Like this is Dalvin's drive. This is Brees' drive just to keep them fresh. And then like you said, even if like they're cooking, there's no passing game to help sustain the drives. So if on first down, they only get a two-yard gain. 
like that just further limits the compiling upside. It further limits the big play upside for the running backs. And that as good as Brees Hall looks, I mean, too, like talk about a guy who just passed the eye test of flying colors. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's going to be such a, such a tougher environment. And that it's probably his high watermark, I bet, for the first quarter of the season, which is hard to believe when a guy can look that good against a pretty good Buffalo Bills defense. Though Bills were teetering a little bit at the end of last year, but. Uh, it, it's easy to be like, oh, man, Brees is all the way back. He's mm-hmm, going to be mm-hmm. so amazing going forward for me. But I think that's probably his like early season high watermark, just for the variety of reasons we laid out. Right. Look, I've, I've reviewed the numbers. I've looked at the film. And I will say that uh, I don't think we can project Brees Hall for 12.7 yards per carry going forward. This would be, <laughs> no, no. Would be my uh, assertion here. Uh, Dalvin Cook, for what it's worth, appears to be the primary pass catching option out of the backfield for now. So no PPR scammy points for Brees Hall quite yet. Off the top of your head, I, I think I think I think a little more in rankings brain than you do. Like I, I think in like quadrants, like so and so is in the 13 to 24 range, aka RB2. Yeah. Since I have to do that every week. Week two, they're playing the Dallas friggin' Cowboys, mm. uh, who just oh. unmasked the New Oof. York Giants and Daniel Jones. Now they get Zach Wilson. Can only mean ominous things for the entire Jets offense. Oh my Where as good as Brees looked, and it, like, confirming basically he was a, not just a special young player, but a special young player much closer to 100% health than we might have been led to believe. Where do you rank Brees Hall? Like, what range do you rank Brees Hall for week two? That's a great mm-hmm. question. I, honestly, the Cowboys defense is going to break fantasy scoring over I know. First they season. did last year for a while. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they 30 plus points against the Giants. They're you can just pencil them in for 20 plus points against the Jets. Yeah, the bare minimum, like an off day, they're getting 18 to 24. Yeah, right. A good day, they're getting 45 against yeah, Zach Wilson yeah. and the Jets. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could put Brees Hall in the top 20 running backs, um, probably outside of the top 24. Yeah, he's going to be just on like Adrian Peterson, Rashad Penny type long run upside alone. I might jam him into the 24 to 30 range, but it's very difficult to see what's going to be. Such a horrid offense environment getting him into the top yeah, 24. I actually can't even I can't even fathom how ugly that will be. <laughs> no, no, I think man, I think the Jets schedule like stays really tough, by the way. The first six games Ooh. are really difficult. Do you man, this is bad. Between the teeth, right? Say this is this is bad news. This is bad news, man. This is <laughs> bad, bad news. They're playing the Cowboys. Then in week three, they were playing the New England Patriots. Who basically made Zach Wilson look like he was like still in college the, oh. the, the past two times they faced him. Wow. Some of like the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen was yeah. Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick. Week four, they have the Chiefs, who not only can they not match points for the Chiefs, I mean, maybe the defense can hold the Chiefs in, in check for a little bit, but uh, the Chiefs have pretty good defense. So the Chiefs' defense tends to get underrated because there's so much focus on the yeah. offense. And by the way, they play Kansas City on a little station called NBC. NBC. Uh, for, just, no one. They don't, they don't want me to say this. The the suits who I'm on good terms with don't want me to say this. Uh, we're sorry that we have the Jets, but we think that it'll probably it could still be a good game for how good this Jets defense is looking. It'll hopefully still be a good game on Week Four on Sunday Night Football, unless Congress intervenes. But Congress might intervene and they might force us to schedule a different <laughs> game. But Week Five, then the Denver Broncos have a little good defense. Week six, the Eagles. I didn't. How is this oh, possible? Wow. Oh. Then they have Man. a bye. So if they don't have a new quarterback by week six, 
They will have a new quarterback when they come off by in week eight against the New York Giants. They they will have to. Get, listen, Jets fans, I know you and I don't get along all that well. I want you to enjoy that Monday night victory. That's all I'm going to say. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Our producer, Adam, by the way, shared Brees Hall's quote about getting caught from behind last night. He said, I had not played in a game in a year, and he vowed to never get caught from behind again. All right. Well, well, well that's noted. We shall see. Uh, we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about the other half of this game right now. Where Josh Allen, three picks, a lost fumble, lots of really fruitless hero ball, lots of continued disregard for his body. Like several times, we're just kind of cringing. Like, yeah. why did he allow that hit to happen to him? And then it's like, why did he force that ball down the field? And like, why does it look like the 2020 wild card game against the Houston Texans all over again? That comparison was getting thrown around on Twitter where. Just totally out of control, Josh Allen. Basically pre-Brian Dable, Josh Allen. And we still got a few wow plays, but just out of control stuff. Against an elite defense, uh, that is a very important caveat. I mean, do we have any, quote, concern for Josh? Is that like a dumb concept? Because, like, even when this guy's, like, committing a million turnovers, he's probably still scoring a million fantasy points. But do we have any concern about Josh Allen after that performance? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the Jets defense is ferocious. Okay. Especially, especially at home, especially with the rah-rah, like let's rally around, you know, the injured Gipper type thing going on on Monday night. And, and, you know, so that, that was, that was going to be difficult. And the Jets kind of have Josh Allen's number. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sort of forget about Monday night for Josh Allen. He completed, over 70% of his passes, I know a lot of them were short, under six yards per attempt. Um, that's not something you, you don't necessarily want to see, unless you're a Stefan Diggs manager, then uh, that, that works for you. Um, you know, the, the rushing will still be there. I don't, th- I think that Monday night confirmed that there's, there's no reeling in the Josh Allen's dog levels. Like, no. um, you know, you, you can tell him, Hey, we don't want you doing that. But you know, when the rubber re- meets the road, as the zoomers are always telling me, he, he's he's going he's going to run he's going to put his body in 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 uh, harm's way and uh, he's still going to get that rushing production for you so I, I think he'll be okay. And this also confirmed I, maybe I'm speaking too soon after one game against an elite defense that just all the same offensive issues remain. It's just yeah. still like kind of an identity crisis offense. Like, who is the number two target? Is it Gabe Davis? Is it Dalton Kincaid? Like what are they actually trying to accomplish with their their running game? I still. Don't ever really know like the theory of the Bills rushing attack is. It changes like week to week. The personnel has always changed week to week. Hopefully that's not the case this year. But it seems like it is going to remain the case. Like they can't decide who they want to be the one B to James Cook between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. And I, I, I just look at the team and I think identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And they've got to get it figured out. But I'll tell you where I am not concerned about Josh Allen, Denny Carter, hmm. is in week two against the Las Vegas Raiders. I uh, think he'll be okay. Not concerned about, even though they did look kind of good against Russell Wilson. Not concerned about that matchup. Oh, I'm not concerned. Russ, Russ did okay. Russ, he Russ did, did okay. Yeah. They got him on the move. I was told by Mark Garcia. They got him on the move on yeah. our recap show. I still haven't seen that game. But you know what? I'm also not concerned about Denny. What aren't you concerned about? Is uh, taking a short break and being right back <laughs> after this. Okay. Now that the NFL season is in full swing, we have got you covered. In addition to our three shows a week of Roto World Football Show, check out the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry and Bet the Edge every weekday. You can watch the Happy Hour at noon and 4 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. It's also available on the NFL and NBC Sports YouTube page. 
and Bet the Edge drops Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on our NBC Sports YouTube page. Both shows are also available wherever you listen to podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Really good stuff with really good friends on both those shows. Yep. Check it out. Um, check out the Rotor Football Show. Check it out right now since you are currently listening to it. We've got a lot more to talk about. Um, Denny, is it uh, already over for the Pittsburgh Steelers? They, uh, the hype, the perfect preseason uh, went up in smoke pretty quickly against the San Francisco 49ers. Like first drive quickly yeah. was like quite clear they were going to get utterly dominated. Uh, then they had like one bright spot in the second half. A Deontay Johnson catch and run, and he popped his hamstring while doing yeah. it. He's out multiple weeks. Talk about identity crisis, total identity crisis in the running back in their backfield. They don't know what they want Najee Harris to do anymore. They don't really know what they want Jalen Warren to do alongside Najee Harris. George Pickens, this is some people have already heard me use this line on our podcast this week. I believe he made it. He'll, you'll never believe this. He made an amazing catch, but it was out of bounds and didn't about. count, and was against the stickiest coverage on the entire planet. Uh, Alan Robinson had his best game in two years. I guess that's a good thing. But uh, where the heck are we at with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who now this week play the Cleveland Browns, who just forced the very worst game of Joe Burrow's career? Oh, it's 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 looking bad for, for the Steelers, for Kenny Pickett. Uh, I, I guess what you're asking me, is it is it Jover? I, I put that in the show sheet and then I intentionally didn't say Jover. <laughs> but uh, it's looking Jover. Everyone knows I, that. I mean, no, I, no one I was saying it. it, but everyone knows that. <laughs> we, we, we like some Jover. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 over. Um, it's, like the, the Steelers, they, they're completely lost now. Um, the Seven targets for Pickens. Just from a fantasy standpoint, let's just talk about that real quick. Fantasy standpoint, Pickens gets seven targets. Tied for the lead on, on the team with Robinson, Alan Robinson with seven targets as well. Uh, Calvin Austin, who was kind of a preseason uh, uh, standout for Pittsburgh, uh, six catches on six targets, mostly of the very short variety. Thirty-seven uh, yards on those six catches. Right, right. So you know he's it's it's more of a PPR scam situation with Austin and Jalen Warren. Five catches on on six targets. He took 
the vast majority of the pass catching work out Stay of the Jalen Warren's yards too, by the way. Uh, we we have a total of uh, twelve yards yes. for uh, Jalen Warren. Yes. Um, you know, but uh but I'm not but trying they, to kill the vibe, <laughs> just really killed the vibe of the vibe. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> wow, we lost all momentum. It's you seem it's destabilized by that. So uh just just from a uh, zoomed out standpoint, the Steelers led the entire league in week one in neutral pass rate. Okay. So basically that that's not incorporating the fact that they fell behind by 25 scores in this game. Like, like they, they were pass heavy um, in neutral situations. That's going to continue. You know, they lost cam Hayward uh, defensive standout uh, for the next two months, at least. Really? I did not uh, see it was that long. Yeah. Groin, groin injury. He's going to undergo surgery. Um, won't see him until November probably. So, this defense could be more vulnerable than we thought. I think that they could throw a lot, you know, volume wise that that could be okay for these pass catchers for Pat Fryermuth too. Um, but for Pickett, man, I, I mean, you can't, you can't possibly start Pickett outside of like deep super flex leagues this week. So especially I think that, with Deontay Johnson, right. That I think that that dream of Pickett being the late round quarterback to have that is at least deferred if po- possibly Jover. Yes, might be Jover. And we're not trying to give the audience whiplash. It's not like we were ever like steaming Kenny Pickett. But we were like, all right, like they are checking all the summer boxes. I think we'd like talk about them literally like checking all the summer hype boxes. It was still Kenny Pickett, though. So we were still skeptical. Uh, but that being said, we were, we were cautiously optimistic. We're not trying to like just fully pull the plug after one bad game. But it would be one thing if it was just the one bad game. It's one bad game and then losing Deontay Johnson. It's right. just like – Really, really, really bad double whammy. And now getting this Browns defense. Where, again, I don't know what they were doing to Joe Burrow, but uh, Joe Burrow needs to go back to the lab. They were pressuring him a lot. They were. They were. And I was seeing like the film watchers, the people who don't just watch the dots, they were apparently doing all sorts of crazy stuff with Miles Garrett and getting them like, lined up against guards. And then he was just like running right by them. <laughs> he was like this like, waltzing by... The Brown, the Bengals' interior offensive line, and immediately sacking Joe Burrow. Speaking uh, of scary pass rushers, just real quick, did you did you see that clip of Geno Smith uh, yelling, "Oh my God!" I did, when I did. Aaron Donald was bearing down. <laughs> Aaron Donald was about to I fight like, higher iron in a parking lot. Right, so Aaron Donald's bearing down, about to just crush Geno Smith, and you hear Geno Smith go, "Oh my God!" I was like, "Oh, these guys are just like me. No, they're just like us. They're <laughs> just like us in the bowling alley parking lot where they somehow have provoked." Aaron Donald. <laughs> he's always he's ready to fight. I don't know what to say. He's, he's, uh, but it's not quite as bleak schedule-wise for the Steelers. It's pretty bleak personnel-wise. Schedule-wise, so they get the Browns. That's bleak. Uh, they get then though they go on the road to Vegas. Well, that'll be a home Steelers game. Oh my God, that's gonna be like eighty percent Steelers fans. Yeah. And Vegas on the road to Houston. Then playing the, the excuse me the Ravens and then they're by. Some turnaround, like it's Mike Tomlin. Like they're going to be two and three at worst. They're going to somehow win two of those next four games. I have no idea how, but they're not going to produce fantasy points in the process. No. Real quick, too. It's the Browns and Steelers and Monday Night Football. You know, ESPN, didn't he? they're a competitor, but they're also our friends. They're also our football media partners. We want football media to remain popular. We want people to keep watching football. ESPN. They've, they've got this Monday night doubleheader everyone's all excited about, very much including us. And then they have two games where the over-under is currently 40. On the, the well, Saints, what's the other one? Saints, Panthers, Browns, Steelers. Um, what? 
We are bringing over. We're bringing forty totaled football to Monday nights, folks. Wait, wait, wait! I, I thought that the point of the doubleheader was to have a West Coast game. No, they don't do that anymore. I guess the ratings for that were bad. So they're doing a game at six fifteen Eastern and seven. Or excuse me, seven fifteen Eastern and eight fifteen Eastern. Mm-hmm. They want people to like be channel flipping between mm-hmm. their ESPN, their Disney properties. Yeah. All right. Well, I used to like the ten o'clock West Coast game. But I did too. I loved it. I don't know why we got rid of it. Subscribe to Peacock. subscribe to peacock please do that denny you just wanted you told me you just wanted the floor on the chargers backfield (laughs) where there was like a 50 50 split in week one and now austin eckler is nursing an ankle injury that he didn't play through so what do you want to say about the chargers backfield yeah so they're they were the run heaviest team in the nfl in week one as we told you all off season no no we didn't but uh uh you know they they were they were super conservative uh and it, and it and it worked folks and it worked uh according to Chargers beat writers this is the plan going forward this was not a one off um they Ooh. are going to Wait, where'd you read that the uh, athletic a little publication called the athletic maybe and, uh, uh, heavily invested in Justin Herbert throwing 42 times a game yeah so, yeah you and me both brother didn't need to hear um, that uh, we don't we don't love to hear that. Yeah, let me just read you something from the athletic. So, but first of all, the Chargers, uh, yeah, split you know split the backfield. Uh, um, also, Joshua Kelly ran a route on thirty nine percent of the dropbacks, which is not great for Eckler. Uh, here's from the athletic uh, on Sunday: the Chargers faced a heavy dose of light boxes while while facing Vic uh, Fangio's Dolphins defense. There were six or fewer defenders in the box on more than sixty percent of the Chargers' offensive snaps. That was the sixth highest rate in the entire league in week one. Uh, Against these looks, the Chargers offense averaged nearly 4.7 yards per rush and finished with the fifth highest EPA per rush in the league. In other words, they were very good against light boxes, both Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler. Eckler, of course, ripped off a 55-yarder in that game. That's uh, So that kind of skewed his his totals. Uh, But uh, yeah, so this is going to be an offense that tries to establish it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again here in in, in week two. And no, it, and honestly, it, it makes. Look, I know you're you're gonna vomit here on on oh, air. Yeah, but, I actually uh, might. Uh, turn off my camera. <laughs> turn off my camera, please. <laughs> it is time for your weekly vomit uh, <laughs> on air. And uh, it, it makes Josh Kelly. I, I I really do think that it makes Josh Kelly a locked in top twelve. No, stop! 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 Option. Wait! 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 If Eckler is out. So, okay. Well, hold on. Top. He's not gonna be top twelve, even if Eckler's out. Really? I was worried you were gonna say like top thirty. <laughs> I was top like, even that. You know, that's bad. If Eckler's uh, out, well, Eckler's start- out. No, no. I mean, he's out. I'll say like RB twenty one. Wow. The main problem is that he's not good, man. He's just not good. That doesn't this is, matter. This is this is like his fiftieth career game. His previous career high for rushing was sixty four. I. This is like a fluke to me. I, I, uh... I, I don't know. I, I I would play him over like Joe Mixon. Play him over Isaiah Spiller. Oh, come on, man. Isaiah Spiller was inact, was a healthy scratch. He was a healthy scratch. I'm, hold on. I'm, Josh Kelly, okay, he's played 38 career games. And yeah, he had never had more than 64 yards rushing until he put up 91. This guy's bad, man. <laughs> his I, career, I mean, okay, the most boomer stat ever, his career yard for carry is 3.6. And that's that's like in an offense where defenses have to respect the pass so much. I'm sure he's been facing a lot of light boxes in his career. This guy can't get anything going, man. 
All right. Well, you know, I, you're 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 stashing him. I think that <laughs> we'll agree on. No, this. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, that's, Kelly should that's be stashed in all twelve yeah, team yeah. leagues. That's undebatable. Yeah. Sorry, I was taking it too far the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> Way too far the other direction. I really did. Um. Oh, 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 oh. One more thing. One more thing. I gotta put. I gotta. I gotta get this in because I have a lot of numbers on this backfield. Josh Kelly had two green zone, two green zone rushing attempts to four for Eckler. So Eckler's not getting all of the inside the 10 action like he like we're used to seeing. And this guy should have never asked for more money, apparently. Maybe. I mean, he's being yeah, punished, maybe. Yeah, this is workplace, like, uh, what are they, like, retaliation, man. Retaliation. Yeah, this is yeah, retaliation. We're, we're, we're going to make Josh Kelly a thing for you since you asked for slightly more money. We're going to give Josh Kelly 16 carries and then lose the game. I know Chargers fans have been all over me because I've been complaining about how much they're running. I'm like, well, I don't know if you knew this little thing called it worked. <laughs> it, did. it did work. They have a point. <laughs> oh, I love I love that. I love that. I, I, I especially love that from Jets fans who say Zach Wilson won, didn't he? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay. I know. All right. But yeah, the Chargers fans do have a point. Well, excuse me, Chargers fan, a singular fan. Oh, come on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, did, it did work. It did work. I'll give him that, even though it made me physically ill, it worked. Uh, you told me you also wanted to talk about the Rams backfield, where Kyron Williams, was this a play Cam Akers to a standstill? He did not do that. He, like, grossly outsnapped him, grossly outtouched him, dominated all the work when it actually mattered. I think you told me or someone told me 11 of Cam Akers, 22 carries somehow came on the final two drives. Like he was not getting work. He was getting some work, but it was purely like breather back work when the game was in doubt. What do you want to tell the folks about the Rams back? Because we're getting a lot of questions about it. Understandably. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly like how the carries were split up according to quarter or like game script, but I mean, Akers did end up with 22 carries to 15 for Kyron Williams. He did. Seriously, 11 of them came the final two series. Apparently, John Daigle, our friend, had a tweet breaking down the usage where it was like all Kyron Williams, man. I keep mm-hmm. saying man mm-hmm. today. It was all Kyron Williams, like the first three quarters, and like all the important snaps, like the first three right. quarters. Well, look, uh, yeah, Kyron Williams had three inside the 10 rushes. Akers had two. I, I I don't I'm not ready to like declare this Jover you know like I I think I think uh, that's the last time I'll say that but it, yeah I mean I think that Cam, Cam Akers is, is gonna be an annoyance for Kyron Williams at at, at best really uh, now I will say Kyron Williams ran a route on 75 percent of the team's dropbacks that's really good Akers according to PFF had zero pass routes <laughs> against the, mm-hmm. uh, the the Seahawks so it's updated. That seems, yeah, I, seems low. <laughs> I know. I, I can't imagine that he didn't run any. But uh, but anyway, yeah, Kyron Williams is the clear pass catching back. He he's the one to start in in this in this backfield. I don't think Cam Akers is just gonna not be a thing at all, though. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, Sean McVay throws the car in reverse a lot, like a lot, a lot. We also know that he was totally infatuated with Kyron Williams last year, but then he, he what broke his hand, broke his foot, or whatever yeah, like that. near the end of the summer. Maybe it was week one against the Bills last year, or then it was kind of Jover for Kyron Williams very early <laughs> in the season. And um, but I, I, that looks like a kind of a clear hostile takeover to me. I I think I might almost be willing to declare this one finished already because right. Cam Akers it's been two years since he tore the Achilles. We, we, we saw two or three good games at the end of last season, but we've seen 
He was the one Ram who didn't produce Sunday. I mean, it, he was put in a lot of a lot of bad, obvious clock killing situations again. And twenty-two carries for twenty-nine yards, though. Yeah, I know. It's the uh, as as Kyle Dvorak said, he's not beating the uh, what is it uh, the, the the plotter accusations anytime no. soon. No, his lawyer. He's changed legal teams. Actually, <laughs> he's trying to hire your legal team since you've staved off termination for three years. They would never leave you. I know they're like family to you at this point. They do. They they live in my office. I heard uh, this is kind of weird. Not to be able to behind the curtain, uh, your legal team does come to your house for Thanksgiving at this point because uh, <laughs> you've spent so much time with them. They know they think your family's lovely. You think their families are lovely. Oh, yeah, they've gotten to know my legal team so well. They have actually invited my legal team to your Thanksgiving. I'm not right. allowed to come. It seems but, seems like a conflict of interest, honestly. It's, but, it's just people breaking bread. <laughs> 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 so, uh, my legal team may be in Maryland for Thanksgiving. I, I am not allowed to come. I, I'd rather well, them not. Well, it's up to the lawyers. Everything's up to the lawyer. None of this is personal, Denny. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, of course. It's not it's personal all at all. <laughs> it's about the lawyers. It's the legal system. You don't believe <laughs> in the American legal system? Uh, sometimes, if it works for me. We digress. Kenny Gainwell, talking about hostile takeovers, outtouched, what, I think 18 to 2? DeAndre Swift. Uh, zero touches for Rashad Penny since he was not playing and then street clothes on the Eagle sideline. As so often happens with these things though, guy comes in like, wow. Okay. I guess he's the starter. And then he like gets hurt in the process and then has a Thursday night game in the process. Kenny game nursing a rib injury. The Eagles playing on Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. Cousins is ready to play a true stink bomb. Uh, what do we tell people at the Eagles backfield with the caveat? We can't or tell them a ton because we don't really know Kenny Gainwell's injury situation. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, Gainwell will probably see less work, even if he does play, he has a rib injury. Um, well, you, you really do need to monitor his practice participation on Wednesday. Um, certainly Tuesday as well. So keep it locked in to Roto world. We'll have those updates. If he is limited, you would think that DeAndre Swift would be next in line, but you might think that might be wrong, Pat. It might be Boston Scott, and I'm not joking here. And it might be Rashad Penny, too, even though he's a healthy scratch. Right. He could be, right. He could be active. You know, DeAndre Swift couldn't even really get anything going in the the passing game. Uh, 13 routes against the Patriots. Uh, He caught one of two targets for, I'm checking my notes. Ah, yes, zero yards. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not, not looking good for, so you can't possibly start Swift, right? Um, if Gamewell plays, I, I think that you, you can start him as a, I don't know, top 25 ish back in PPR. I would uh, maybe keep him. If I had known Kenneth Gainwell was starting in week one, I probably would have said like RB 29 to 32, which okay. is about where I ranked him after Rashad Penny was healthy scratched, but right. The short week, the rib injury, the fact that it's Kenneth Gainwell, let's not forget that it, uh, it is Kenneth Gainwell. I'd still probably keep him in the 29 to 32 range this week. I do I do have a, a fun little stat here for, for Gainwell. This will be in my regression files column on uh, Wednesday on Roto World if you guys want to check it out. Um, he actually had uh, he had both of Philadelphia's inside the 10 carries against the Patriots. Um, no one else had carry including Jalen Hurts, which is curious and a little bit upsetting. Um, yes, that is very uh, – if um, Kenneth Gainwell does not play against the Vikings, 
Man, I think Rashad Penny will start, just to be honest. They'll be like, he's a between-the-tackles guy. We made Kenneth Gainwell the between-the-tackles mm-hmm. guy, but now he's out. That's Rashad Penny. It'll Nick Sirianni takes the mic. and It will never be DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, I'm, I want to repeat that. Oh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a southern accent. I started giving him a southern accent, but uh, he, he no. will repeat that. It'll never be DeAndre Swift. If, if Kenneth Gainwell gets declared out Wednesday, would you – would you play DeAndre Swift like anywhere? Like, no. How, how much DeAndre Swift in DFS showdowns are you going to have? So much. So much. 100% exposure. That's all I needed to hear. Then. I mean, just because it's disgusting. Like, you, you, this is the thing about showdowns. You got to get you got to get dirty. Are you going to captain Kirk Cousins in the showdown for this game? Uh, yes, because a he uh, he's going to distribute the ball everywhere. He's going to pass a hundred times and. Uh, no one will want him because oh, it's primetime Kirk, and which I, I think will be a valid argument. It's, I would say any time Kirk is becoming a valid argument. He is statistics oh, almost oh. statistics almost never lie except for when it's Kirk Cousins. Come on, man! The guy Kirk the Cousins has never he has never lost a game where he was not thirty three of forty four for three hundred and thirty four yards and two touch. That's his stat line every time he loses a game. The, if, Every Vikings game, the first thing they showed you was Kirk Cousins' stat line. Oh, they won 28 to 17. Uh, no, no, they lost by 10 points to the worst team in the NFL, actually. <laughs> but, uh, that's just how it goes with Kirk Cousins. This guy, this guy like redefines fraud. I'm sorry, but I, I'm tired wow. of it. I'm fed up. Wow, I'm you really up. are. You're, you're, you are fired up. You were right fed now. up. We, we talked all week last week about how the Bucks were going to win because we knew. We know. I, we knew. I, still, I appreciate Kirk Cousins. Uh, being purely a uh, a product of fantasy football, yeah, I, I do he appreciate is. He that. is the ultimate. That is true. Kirk only cares about what matters. Um, yeah, faith, yeah, I mean, faith, him and family, fantasy football. Him and Matthew Stafford are the two that like just just products of fantasy football culture. And whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not, I'm sure they don't like it. No. But um, but neither of them are all that great, and but they produce a lot of points. So good for them. Good for them. Good for us. We have a little more show left, but we have one more break to take. This Sunday night, AFC rival, AFC East rivals do battle in South Beach when Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots face Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. And do not forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows and Amazon music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC sports. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. 
so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie, so we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Two attack below us, American hero, Denny. American hero. He's uh, he now talking about he's a machine. I mean, he's a fantasy he's a machine. machine. He is. He's a new fantasy yeah. one who might actually uh, put up big numbers in games as team wins from time to time. That's actually true. And uh, it, it, that makes him much different than Kirk Cousins. It's weird. The Dolphins are so weird. They have played in like three games of the year since last season. Like both their games against the Bills were like game of the year. Yeah. Type yeah. situations. Uh, the game, the game against the Chargers was, of course, game of the year material for Week One. And I think they had another one last year. I know both yeah, like, Bills. Yeah, against the Bills in the playoffs. Well, the Bills in the playoffs. That game was kind of bad because it was super close. That game wasn't as beautiful as the two regular season ones. Yeah, yeah. The playoff was Skylar Thompson, but it was an amazing game. But man, oh yeah, that game against the Ravens is what I was thinking of. Last oh year. man, I had that game. That was great. Tua had 469 yards and six touchdowns in that game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I recall because I had him in a lot of the spots. It was good. It's good day. Second Bills game was in the snow on a Saturday. Man, yeah, this this is a weird team. I hope they hope Miami Dolphins keep it up. Got a lot of Tua Tagovailoa in my managed leagues. Uh, Denny, who is the player that you were most concerned about after Week One? With the caveat, one game, blah 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 blah. Who are you most concerned about after watching Week One NFL football? <laughs> So many to choose from, really. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I, Man. Yeah. you know, I regret to inform our listeners that Pat was right about Kyle Pitts. Well, we were both right and, about certain things with the Falcons. Well, yeah, but I, I was wrong on Pitts. I, I thought for sure, like, like it just has to happen with Pitts. That's what I thought. Um, and it does not have to happen. It turns <laughs> out. Um, you know, the only reason he scored any fantasy points last week is because he made a an unbelievable downfield catch while being interfered with on a poor Desmond Ritter throw. So, I mean, wow, like it's it is bleak, bleak, bleak in Atlanta. We can t- maybe talk about a little bit about that. I'm sure we'll, we'll hit on that on the Thursday show as well. Yes. But yeah, I, I just I don't see. I don't see many out or any outs for Pitts drafters or Drake London drafters, except for, and this is a terrible out, Pat, but I, I have to say, I know where you're going. If one, one of the other gets injured, like, oh, it, no, no, you're going to say Taylor Heineke. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, but, but I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, just, I'm just going with Ritter as the, the starter. Like one of them has to be out for the other to be viable. Like we saw with Drake London last year. And, I, I don't really see any other way that this is going to work for those two. I will say, so what I was referencing with you being right with the Falcons was Tyler Algier being heavily involved in the running game. I really was. I Maybe I'm stupid, but I was stunned that you were actually right about that. I <laughs> truly cannot because it's so it, – it, they don't – it doesn't have to be this baffling. You don't have to be this inscrutable as an NFL team. You can use a top eight pick on a skill player and then use them is usually what you do. When you yeah. draft a running back, especially in the top eight. Uh, so I was taken aback. But I also will say, still 16 touches for Bijan Robinson. He's still yeah. the RB six or seven. And I, I sort of honestly think that's more of like his baseline than like his entry into committee hell. And I believe it was Mark Garcia on our recap show who made the point. Like, we'll see how much they really stick with this approach when they're not dictating the tempo of the game, which they did all day against the Panthers 
weren't like truly challenged by the Panthers. They kind of got to do like their Arthur Smith thing basically against the Panthers. But now when they're like playing from behind and like you, they can't get any big plays from the passing game in Desmond Ritter, when they're not di- dictating the, the pace and tempo of the game, then I think we're honestly going to get into more like 20 touch Bijan Robinson territory because for like the needing big play desperation. And I, I feel like this might be kind of a high watermark for Tyler Algier and kind of like a baseline for Bijan Robinson. This could also be what the Zoomers call cope. Um, it could be coping. <laughs> you you very, are huffing, huffing the copium, uh, I think, right now. It, here, here's, here's the real concerning thing for Bijan, okay? The PPR stuff is great, and I believe I did. I said that in the preseason. You, gonna, you, were, you were literally one hundred percent right. So yeah, far like, PPR wise, he's gonna be he's gonna be fun as hell. Like it's gonna be great. He's gonna be set six, eight, ten targets a game. That's great. This offense is going to be predicated entirely around Bijan and Algier, and literally nobody else. Okay, going forward here. But here's the real concerning part for Bijan: four green zone rushing attempts for Algier, zero. For B. John Robinson. So they're not splitting the good stuff. That's all Algiers right now. If that if that doesn't change, then we're going to be relying on B. John Robinson receiving touchdowns, which is not something you want to rely on. That was the one I had no answer for when I was talking about the recap pod. There's no way to spin the goal line stuff. There's no way to spin that. I just thought of a way to spin it though. Okay. Uh, if Bijan, they're playing from behind. They need offense somehow, some way, and Bijan's running hot in a drive. Yeah. I sort of think they're not going to like sub him out. Uh, but sure. that, again, this is this is verging very strongly towards copium. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually smell the copium. I know. From I know I'm puffing it. I, my wife is asked, telling me it's making the whole house stink. <laughs> I need to stop with the copium. The yeah, the kids are begging dad to stop and healing. <laughs> John Robinson copium. What a baffling team. They're going to have to bench Desmond Ritter. I mean, uh, quite clearly yeah. not going to work. That's not we, going to happen. We already knew this, I believe. The Falcons probably should have known it. Taylor Heineke. I think I think the Taylor Heineke ball can be a little better than it was with the Commanders. Because yeah. I do think Arthur Smith, despite being like so frustrating, is almost like a Shanahanian type figure where he he designs offense really well. I think they can like probably cut down on the Taylor Heineke turnovers maybe get some more design shots to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Cause I mean, Taylor Heineke say what you will. He really likes to take shots um, both downfield passing and to his ribs. That's right. Yes. He likes both and you got to respect him for that. No, it's just a matter of time until Heineke is under center that, that Desmond Ritter is not an NFL starter. Let's just be honest about well, that. Ritter make it till October. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, no, no. We're, we're week three. I'm thinking he might, he might be on benching watch in week two. He actually might. He's he's not you know he's 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 not a legit a legit quarterback. And yeah, I I, I think Heineke for fantasy purposes uh, is way 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 better than oh, yeah. than uh, than Ritter. So for the entire for, operation, we should be wanting Taylor Heineke in there. That that could be yeah. I mean, I think you've talked me into this idea that Heineke could be the salvation for folks who drafted uh, Pitts in London, which uh, yeah. It's sounding an awful lot like opium. He's got to get Taylor Heineke in there, man. <laughs> I think I accidentally ingested some you got second-hand copium high. We don't need to talk too much more about the concern. Uh, I'm very concerned about Justin Fields because we didn't see one single iota of progress as a passer for Justin Fields. It was not there. Yeah. And, and the league is going to catch up to the running. This is how – 
well, he's not going to threaten as a passer. Like the running stuff's going to stop working pretty quickly. So we have here's what we have. We ha- we we return to the Matt Nagy days. That this is what happened in Week One, right? Where they completely forgot about 2022 and how good and fun that was. He had zero design rushes and two two rushes overall. Okay, so so they told him, hey, you got to be Andy Dalton, Justin. You just you just drop back and you throw it. And that's not going to work. Come on. Justin Fields, you know, look, at I'm per the analytics is one of the worst passers in the NFL and like by a long shot. OK, so that whatever they did in week one is not going to work. I think eventually they will be forced to use him as they did last year, where he's getting eight to 10, maybe 12 rushing attempts a game that's design that's, rushing that's, attempts per game yeah and, and that's what and that's what we need and, and and that'll loosen up some defenses maybe it'll get dj Moore in in better positions i, I will say dj Moore had a nightmare matchup against jair alexander who completely shut him down i wouldn't worry too much about dj Moore, but the bears have to do something different they cannot do this all year no also concerned about a player the bears are playing where rashad white really really left the door ajar for Sean Tucker, right? Sean Tucker. <laughs> Sean Tucker. <laughs> Couldn't remember what, his, uh, what Sean's last name was, but I was pretty sure it was Tucker. Oh, it's Tucker. Uh, so inefficient as a rookie, Rashad White. And then the one of the stats that went viral after week one was the negative rushing yards overexpected for Cam Akers and for Rashad White, yeah. who yeah. left almost 40 yards on the field. Basically just confirming he remains hyper inefficient as a rusher. Yeah. Yeah, this was in a game where they sprung the road upset where you would think normally the rushing stats are going to pop off the page and that kind of game instead did the exact opposite for Rashad White and the Bucks, where he is really, really on notice for losing that three down job. So we're concerned uh, yeah. about a lot of people, but those are the two people who came to mind for me. Right. So, so I, I do think Rashad in the long run, I think Rashad White will hold on to the pass catching stuff in the Tampa backfield for whatever that's worth. I know that that's not why you drafted him uh, in particular, I think that Sean Tucker will eventually encroach on his his early down work. Um, and so that would make Sean Tucker somewhat viable, maybe, but it would definitely hurt like like crush Rashad White's uh, fantasy value uh, and his usage or or his prospects as like a running back two or three. Sean Tucker needs to be a hundred percent rostered. He was already probably like fifteen percent rostered. Maybe that's kind of high. He might have only been like ten to twelve percent. yeah. Tucker and Joshua Kelly both need to be rostered in every 12 team league. Man, you know, I hate waivers, by the way, man. Uh, <laughs> it's so tedious. I, I, uh, I, I would, I would like for waivers to be on Wednesdays. This is what I would like. I would just like, yeah, somehow to be less tedious, but it will quote, never be less tedious because it there's no other way to do it. Super tedious. Yes. Super tedious. We'll end the show by asking you, which player did you do the biggest 180 on with one week of data points? Again, one week, we're trying to not totally overreact, but you can't underreact. Sample sizes are small in football. You have to make really big decisions based on two or three games uh, worth of sample size. Who did you do the biggest 180 on in week one? I guess Brandon Ayuk. I I just kind of didn't really look at him where he was going ADP wise. Uh, I, I did actually end up getting some of him in best ball. Apparently, I checked my best ball teams just before <laughs> we, we recorded, and I was like, "Oh, hey, look, Ayuk. That's cool." Thirty-two percent uh, exposure to Ayuk. Apparently, right? <laughs> I have I have forty thousand dollars tied up in that Brandon. Ayuk. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, but. 
That's right. My lawyers are sweating now. Yeah, Denny just gave quite a window in his financials there. We've been trying to get that for quite a while. <laughs> he, um, the way that uh, money hidden all over the, the Caribbean, all over Europe. Producer uh, Adam can edit that out. But continue, continue. So, yeah, uh, he's like by far and away the number one pass catching option for the Niners. Brock Purdy looks to him. He got, uh, um, I, got a ton of first um, <clears throat> of first read targets, you know, meaning like plays were designed for him, like Purdy's looking for him. Um, there's no fear in throwing it to Ayuk. So I I was woefully wrong on Ayuk. Even, even if the Niners are very balanced or run heavy, Ayuk will still get there most weeks. I've done a 180 on Brees Hall, which is – probably talk about creating whiplash for the audience where I was playing the bad cop on Brees Hall all summer, but it was weird. I was wrong. And so I was wrong. Like he looked healthy, like he looked healthy and he looked explosive. Like he looked like Brees Hall basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part of my fear was that that would not be the case, that he wouldn't look like the Brees Hall we saw as a rookie. And it was going to take a lot longer for him to get his legs back. The legs appear to be back. I could end up being right by accident, though, just because what we talked about, the Jets offense, the offensive environment is going to be so bad for a right. while. And then I could, like, b- back into being right. But Brees Hall, it- it's so sad. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Brees Hall is looking like a league winner. Oh, man. Night. Like, looking like a straight-up league winner. Our boy Crane was obviously uh, 100% correct. Like, if Rodgers is healthy, Brees Hall is probably the overall RB1 this year. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> he's just looking, looking good. He's looking really good. So Brees Hall is the one week one where I wanted to like immediately may I call, but basically it's like, yeah, yikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Real, real, real good. Looking real good. Uh, I'm trying to scan through the teams. Yeah, it looks like I was right about everyone else. <laughs> you just missed the one. Yeah, I just admit, wow, only one wrong player take all summer. That's kind of I, cool. I also may have been catastrophically wrong on Mike Williams. Uh, I know. Well, uh, I, the Chargers, we'll see. I, I'm not buying any of this run nonsense. It's total nonsense, I think. The Chargers, too, they, like, they always want to put on a brave face. And then they just become the Chargers again. I think we're going to get plenty of passes. So here's here here's something. What if this whole time, Kellen Moore was the run establisher and Mike McCarthy oh. was the pass establisher? What if we got that backward? <laughs> Would be quite something, wouldn't it? And oh no! You know what is funny? What was quite something is Dak Prescott having 143 scoreless yards in a game his team won 40 to nothing. That uh, was. Not, not at all saying that's a truth, Dak. I'm just saying like, fantasy football can be quite cruel. Your team was far too good for you to score fantasy points. Yeah, I, I, I do think that once they got up like 23 nothing, that you had to accept that it was – I'm going to use it, was it again. Jover. It, it was, was Jover. completely. It was completely Jover for – It was, it was, to, it was do, Jover <laughs> for Dak. It was Jover for NBC. Although people, I think, like to st- stick around and watch like an NFC East horror show. I watched them. <laughs> I, I enjoyed every second of it. I will. I say. really did. I honestly did. And and oh, I, there's also this just real quick. Dak Prescott was really bad, actually. Uh, third lowest uh, pass or um, completion rate over expected on par with Daniel Jones. It was just weird. I mean, I feel like that's that was like a good game. Where you just have to throw out all the stats, all the film. <laughs> it was so haywire. Like, I, I, I don't think you can take anything away from that. That game was about as haywire as an NFL game can go. Uh, but yeah, you, you would like to 
get some fantasy points from Dak Prescott when your team wins 40. <laughs> more than five. Is what yes, I more than five. I got 2.98 from Joe Burrow in the league. Oh. Uh, not a joke. Not a joke. Man. I, you, uh, the, Bang- the Bengals kind of forget to play until October. They do. The Bengals are the classic. Like this, I, I, this is such a lame phrase, but the Bengals get high on their own supply like two or three times a year. Or like they just like convince themselves they're the best team in the NFL and they're very very good. But like they really really swagger around for a team that hasn't. I mean, they've gotten so close. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They, they have the right to be confident, but uh, like they get really overconfident like two or three times a year, where they're basically acting like they're the three time defending Super Bowl champions. And guess what? You're not. <laughs> you know, no, they are. They are not, and uh, it's looking. It's looking pretty bad. I have to say, uh, just overall, the 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 offense, offense looked like the worst offense in the entire Dude, NFL. Joe Burrow looked like he had never played football before. I, it was very. I, weird. I, I, I'm what? What is it? Either the Browns are the greatest defense of all time, or the Bengals are a disaster. I don't know which. Well, it was it was Jover for the Bengals left guard from the second the game started. Yeah. They were lining Miles Garrett up uh, opposite him. This is what happened. It uh, really uh, was. According to the film watchers, we will never watch film. We will never continue this episode because it's over. Denny's got his regression files article coming on Wednesday. I have the rankings coming on Thursday. We have our preview show with Kyle Tavorchik coming on Thursday. We have blurbs coming every day, updating all the key injury situations, including the ones you heard about on the show, the Chargers backfield. The Eagles backfield, the Steelers receiver core, anything you can think of, keep it locked to rotoworld.com. For Denny Carter, I am Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in 48 hours. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Delta, we know Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing.